Welcome back for the first episode of NHP in 2023. It's a weird number to say, isn't it? Like it, it just doesn't seem like we'd ever get. It's just a high number. I don't, I don't know why it's weird to say and like type it out. Yeah, I, I think about that often. Like since like after 2021, every following year, I'm like, this is. It just feels weird to be this high in the in the years i guess like i don't know 1992 baby uh, that i am like i miss numbers starting with one <laughs> that and just in i don't know 2016 felt like appropriate like the the like typing those numbers out and like seeing them it, it seemed like yeah okay that's that's where we are this seems like shouldn't we be in the future like you're like, thinking about a number this big and you're like shouldn't things be different i don't know like, like this is not the jetsons or oh or is God. it it is uh <laughs> some bizarro jetsons world for sure i don't i don't know uh yeah certainly not living in there i mean it's a lot's changed you know if you think 10 years ago but um i mean certainly in our lives you know our personal lives but even just like in general like the, the world around us and things like that social media was barely a thing in 2013 it's certainly not the way that it is now no. um but i typed it out in the beginning of this uh you know in, in our notes and i was like that just looks weird 2022 yep. felt okay like that it didn't, didn't feel happen. as weird as 2023 yeah i don't know this 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 just seems a little a little weird. it just seemed like it was so far off like because we would we would type it for like looking ahead in a couple seasons and this contract's out and this and that and Varlamov. It just seemed like kind of forever uh, into the future. And now now we're here and it's, you know, we're almost halfway through the NHL season. Um, another one, you know, another full season, which is uh, seems like a rarity these days after a couple of years of just kind of <laughs> things all over the place. And so, yes, it's definitely a little weird to. uh kind of visualize that kind of yeah and we're and we're looking at it all the time um how's your holiday break away from the mic you've had quite the journey kid and first christmas and <laughs> uh the the new york post and you know you're, you're obviously things with the devils and um so you're you're around hockey i i kind of took a little bit of a break you're <laughs> You're fully in it, though. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel like much of a break. You know, there were still things going on, and uh, you know, it was th those couple of days for Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas Day, and the day after was uh, a, a nice little disconnect from from hockey. But then, you know, as soon as that was over, it was right back to it. And you know, in the in between, I was telling you off my uh, before, you know, about <laughs> you know my daughter's first Christmas, and that was a lot to handle because she was up. You know, past her bedtime and that got a little hectic, but all in all, good things. And uh, still, it was uh, something I'm never going to forget, you know, having her for first Christmas and, you know, some of those other um, fun things that you mentioned, like, uh, you know, getting getting a feature in the, the New York Post and everything was was cool and everything like that, too. So um, all in all, it was it was fun, but I'm still tired. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I mean, until your kids something, I don't know what age. Uh I think you're just going to be tired and you're, you're hustling pretty good and doing this and uh, aisles fix and another couple of other things. So it's, you're, you're not, you know, at risk of being bored, I, I suppose yeah. you're, you have some, you have some stuff to do and uh, 
whatever personal shreds of a personal life you you have left um <laughs> you can still enjoy pieces of that as well shreds is a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> um so you know quite a bit of islanders hockey since the last time we we spoke right before um the the christmas break and i think there were even a couple of games directly after that and we, we've kind of gotten away from recapping each game um and we're trying to look at some kind of like larger trends and and, and storylines um it it doesn't make sense to just kind of like dive into all these little details so um plenty of other places you can do that and they're very good at it so we're not gonna not gonna fold the market with just another another thing so we'll, we'll try to do something different um or continue to do something different anyway. Islanders have won the last four or five. It looks like there's a little more consistency in their game. Um, they won an important game against the Penguins, um, who have now lost two in a row at the time that we're recording this. They now The Islanders sit two points ahead of the Penguins, but they've played two more games. I think that's going to haunt them as the season goes on. Uh, waiting for other teams to catch up a game or two here and there, you know, especially the Penguins and the Rangers and the Capitals seem to all be um, up and down into the, that top part of the Metro division and, and into the wild card and slipping out of the race um, or just outside of the, the wild card. So it's, um, I think it's going to haunt them moving forward. So when you, when you lose a stinker of a game, like in Seattle, if you're going to play the extra game or two games in this case, you have to find a way to win them. Luckily, they have that victory against the Penguins. So I think that's that will bold well down the line. Um, but at the moment, it's they're in a little bit of a scary predicament. Um, and it, it got me thinking, and you had actually said something right before we hit record, and I was typing while you were, while you were talking um, about Greg Wyshynski, and he, he had kind of put together this you know, playoff chances and who's a contender and all this. And it got me thinking in years past, we had talked about the Islanders as a team that they just need to make the playoffs. As long as they make the playoffs, they can make some noise. We, we were fairly confident in that probably right after um, their first playoff series win with Barry Trotz against the Penguins, um, who they've had a lot of success with uh, against rather, um, in the playoffs. Do you think that's still the case with this team? Is this a team that all they need to do is make the playoffs and whatever happens happens? Yeah. You know, as you were saying, and I was, and, and saying that all they have to do is make the playoffs and, you know, get, get in and they, they can do damage. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, but the system's different. You know, the, the leadership is different. You know, the voices behind the bench are different. And, you know, they've never – the past three out of four seasons they were in the playoffs. They did not play this style in the playoffs, you know. And you know as well as I do that once you get to the playoffs, it's a different level. It's a different animal. And things just get that much harder. There's that much less ice to work with. That's that much less space to to take. Um, and it's harder to score. You know, the, the teams, you know, become – I don't know. They They, they – <laughs> They become Arnold Schwarzeneggers when they when they get to the playoffs. It's it's just a whole different level, right? So it, it's hard to say that this team just needs to make the playoffs and they can do damage because it's not. Although it's the same personnel, it's not the same system. 
And we don't know what that looks like in the playoffs yet. We, we, we thought it would be mostly the same because Lane Lambert is or was an extension of Barry Trotz, but he's definitely made his own um, fingerprint on this team. You said something before about how the this is you know off the air. You had you had said about the Wyshynski article, and you kind of added some of your own thoughts about how um, this is a team that seems to play up to other teams. Um, they've definitely beaten teams that they should, but their record doesn't always reflect that. Yeah. They, they've kind of struggled. Even teams just around them in the standings that win against Pittsburgh isn't commonplace. This season and it feels weird to say that about a team with 22 wins a considerable amount of wins yeah uh 22 wins 15 losses two overtime losses um and and, and any other season i think that's a good record um who they're beating who they're losing to the the consistency of their play you know we tried to make excuses and then get away from them is it the style is it the is it the players is it lack of focus you know you could kind of point to a lot of things they still even the most recent win against vancouver they, they just didn't start well after the first period a lot of people making comments about what did lambert say in the locker room because this was just a different team yeah. the last 38 40 minutes of, of of that game and you know then they they tear it away and um they wound up winning six two, but you know five two with an empty net. Um, is it you know once we start seeing them maybe beat the teams they should be regularly and playing better, full, more complete games against better teams, will we get a better idea of if that is it, if that's what the Islanders are still capable of in so much as just making the playoffs and riding it out. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, the, the last two games of sample size wouldn't indicate that they play up to their tougher opponents and play down to their um, weaker opponents, right? They won 6-2 against Vancouver, who you can consider a weaker team. But they lost 4-1 to Seattle on New Year's Day, um, who was considered a strong team. Now they've fallen off a little bit, but they're still in the playoff picture. Um, and look, they were able to score four goals against Ilya Sorokin. So... Um, but you know, and, and tracking back to the end of December, they only won two one against the Columbus team who's got did they get thirty points to thirty point plateau yet? I don't even think so. Um, but then they showed up against the hot Pittsburgh Penguins team and beat them five one, showed up against a tough, although um, you know, lagging a little bit this year, showed up against a tough Florida team. Um, you know, lost those by... two games in particular were maybe their best games of the season. Right. And their most complete game. So that yeah. was that to me, even if they, you know, I don't want to say they struggled against Columbus. I think they got goalied a little bit, even though they won the game. I, I think the goalie kind of stood on their head there. I forget who played for, for Columbus. But against Florida and against Pittsburgh, they played really, really good games. Like right. it wasn't anything. Um, I think, you know, Rod two scores his first goal against Florida. I think that really gets the guys going. Um I was texting with a friend of mine against the Pittsburgh game and he was like, Oh, I got to get home, uh, you know, to watch the game. Like, don't tell me what happens. I was like, Oh good. Cause it's not good already. And it was like a minute into the game. And they'd scored a minute and a half in the game. And on the, again, that's good. That's a good start. And that was such a complete two set of games, you know, with time off and Christmas, like on, on either side of that, it was just good 
to see this team be capable of that and scoring uh 12 goals and allowing three in three games i don't think that's what they can do regularly but that's really good like it's it's yeah erring towards the side of seeing what's in yourself like don't don't they have that like can't can't they just capture that style and that energy and that focus not every single game you're gonna have a stinker you're gonna lose that game against seattle sometimes first game on a road trip blah blah like I don't care about that. I do care about it in con- like on its own in a vacuum. I don't care. In context of the rest of the season, it matters. And and that's kind of where my questions still are. right. Yeah, I and I and I hear that. The thing about the Islanders is I feel like they've kind of started to learn a little bit of a little bit more about themselves recently because of the injuries. And stop me if this is you know, getting ahead of the notes here, but, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle with fashing. Ratu is looking pretty good. Um, Sebastian Ajo is suddenly a defenseman. Things are, there, there's production coming from places that they didn't realize. Casey Sezikis is a phenomenal winger. <laughs> like, these are things that they didn't know about themselves. So I feel like there's a little bit of that mixed with a little bit of, you know, they're getting good goaltending from Sorokin, um, which you know you're going to do. Um, and, and you know, again, this system that Lambert's put into place is by design to score more goals. So, and that's what's happening. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just a matter of finding, I don't need you to score five goals a game. Um, and, you know, and they scored an... Um, they scored five goals a number of times this season, or at least four goals a, a number of times this season, um, way more than they they did under under Trotz, even if this is a small sample size. Um, but they've also allowed a lot more goals, like a 6-4 loss to the Devils at the beginning of December is really tough. Back-to-back games, five goals against Arizona and Vegas. Um, you know, then a, then a really tight game against Colorado. Right, more of what we would have expected in the past. I don't want to say that's what we expect now, because it shouldn't be. They've played enough games this season um, that that we should know that this is not what anyone should expect out of this team. Uh, we should expect it to be more four three three two games at the very least. Um, so that one nothing game isn't really indicative of of how the Islanders' season has gone. We know that they can do that because they did under trots for a number of years but it's definitely not yeah who they are now yeah yeah i i you know and i'm looking at the colorado game and i'm like this feels like you know the looking just looking at the numbers 46 shots against um versus 28 shots for that feels like a barry trots islander team win or not i shouldn't say win uh but a barry trots islander team game um that ended in a shootout loss because you could, you could easily say to yourself, I, I, you know, this is if you didn't watch the game, you could easily say to yourself, Oh, the Islanders probably held the avalanche to the perimeter and just let them get a bunch of low quality chances. Um, and then curated that defense into offense and sent it the other way. Um, so like games like that, you, you wonder if like uh, that comes out in them a little bit. Um, but yeah, like like I said, by design, Lambert's system is is just to score more goals, and 
they're getting it from these places that, you know, aside from Matthew Barzell's little heater he's on right now, which we'll talk about later, they're getting it from places that, you know, they didn't realize they might be getting them from. Like that goal the other night, um, was it last night? Yeah, last night that Sezika scored. Oh, my God. Like, where did that snapshot come from? Like, did did he it, – it's almost like Casey Zizekas has been a little bit unleashed, right? I don't have to be the responsible fourth-line center anymore. I'm the winger yeah. on a on a third line. Or I think he was on Matthew Barzell's line, line a couple yeah. of times. I'm a I do winger wanna, on Matthew Barzell's line? Oh, my God. Yeah, I do want to talk about that like in, in, a, in a few minutes. I do want – I just want to make – you know, some broader kind of uh, yeah. comments first. But yes, at, you're absolutely right on that. I, and I was saving that comment myself about him being unleashed a little <laughs> bit and, you know, maybe from some of those um, those defensive reins yeah. a, a, a little bit. Um, I think what's going, what the Islanders have going for them is they have a chance to improve their road record. Obviously, they play Edmonton um, on Thursday, probably as you're hearing this, and on Friday... Um, maybe also as you're hearing this, um, so that that's good. Then they're they're home for a while. Then they, they only have three um, three games away, and they're not really that far. Buffalo, Toronto, Ottawa, and uh, tempted to go to all three of those. I don't know how I would do it, but um, they're right around the corner. I really would love to do that. Anyway, you know they have played really well at home, and they're they're twelve and six. They're ten nine and two on the road. And you know five three and two in their last in their last ten. You know that road record later in the season might catch up to them, but they can if they continue to play well at home in the month of January, they can put some distance between themselves and um, or at least you know make the Penguins have to play up to them in the standings instead of chasing the last wild card spot or the the, the first wild card spot. Um, I, I think that's that definitely bodes well for them um heading to january after that it's a little bit of a, of a different story but then we're, we're probably getting a little too far ahead of ourselves um you know it's it looks like it's just a mix um in the last couple months but it's there's not going to make it easier but at, at least their home record kind of points in the direction that they can really uh like i said keep up or create the pace for themselves um, in the Eastern Conference, which I think is really good. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement for you, you can turn smaller bets into bigger ones with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. On the ice, um, which is where you were kind of pointing, so let's let's start going there. Sorokin holds down the fort while Varlamov uh, recovered from injury. He, you know... He, Kind of had a, a little bit of a losing streak there. Um, I believe Varlamov had a win that split that up a little bit because the team was not playing well there for a stretch. Um, but he, he turns it around. 
it seems like, you know, as Kevin Curry's article stated, he, you know, get some sleep, whatever routine he needed to get back into, it seems like he's he's kind of figured it out again. And he's he's played really well. He's kept this team in games and the games that they're winning, um, he's put his stamp on it um, and, and kind of pushed it over the goal line, so to speak. Um, is is that tandem, you know, Varlamov has now been out a number of times in the last couple of years. That's been a strong point for them. And Sorokin definitely seems like he can weather that storm and so much kind of, you know, playing a lot more games. Um, is this a concern moving forward for this team going into the playoffs and knowing that you have this tandem? I guess we need to see how Varlamov plays after this. Um, and certainly, and I mean, if, if we want to go here too, and not, not to go into the off season, but it, is this a concern for Lamorello and the Islanders in general? In if they had any thought of bringing Varlamov back on a cheaper contract, if he just simply can't stay healthy anymore? Yeah, it seems like he's, he's good for like one injury a season at this point. Um, you know, but the thing is, even Sorokin said it himself. He likes to, and this, this is on multiple occasions now, including uh, after last night's win. You know, I like playing more. I don't like that Varlamov is hurt or was hurt, um, but I like playing more. I, I like getting more repetitions in. And, um, you know, maybe the only reason why Sorokin was a little bit out of that um, routine that he normally keeps and went on a little bit of a, of a losing streak there was because he doesn't normally get as many games in as he was getting. So his routine was a little off and, you know, he maybe wasn't getting the, the, the right sleep, like he mentioned and everything like that. So, you know, the ramp up maybe messed with his schedule a little bit. So is it a concern? I, I don't know if it's a concern yet, just because it's not like Varlamov aside from missing the beginning of last season has missed a significant am amount of time since, right? He only missed, was it three or four games? So it, it's not that, that much. And, you know, as, as the one B, I think that they would be okay with that se season in and season out uh, missing, you know, three or four games. Like that's, you, you could assume that about any, anybody and, and like, you should expect that almost. Um, so I don't know how much of a concern it is. If I, I feel like they already know going into the summer whether or not they're going to be bringing this guy back. And I could – I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I would be surprised if they don't already know the number they're going to offer him, the term they're going to offer him, and maybe kind of have already spoken about it too. So I think these guys just like playing here, and I think it's it's something that, that will happen. Um, and it's – Again, I, I, I've been banging on the drum that if you get Varlamov in at half his cap hit, that's a, a still the best goaltending tandem in the league. Yeah, even if you spread out and, and gave the rest, because does Sorokin need a new deal? Am I uh, this after this season? next season? After next. After so yeah, even if you brought Varlamov back for a couple of years um, and you spread that cap hit out a little bit down the line and give a little bit to Sorokin, I, I think that. You know, having having the tandem for around ten million dollars, however it's distributed, um, given how important the goaltending is to this team, um, I don't think that's crazy. Obviously, if you can keep it lower, that's that's for the better. If it's instead of five million and four million, if it's um, and that's Varlamov getting five million and, and Sorokin getting four, 
if it's split a little bit where it's maybe six and three or six and two and a half or something like, you know, if you, if you can keep it in that range, um, you know, six and a half and three, something like that. I, I think that that's okay. As long as it's in that $10 million range, preferably below. Um, I, I think as a tandem for their importance is that's pretty vital. And yeah, that stretch, you know, Florida, Pittsburgh, Columbus is, is you know, it's great to see stroke and only allow three goals and the, and the team only allow three goals. They, they play yeah. confidently in front of him um, in, in front of both goalies. And they're finally giving stroke and the uh, Varlamov, sorry, the, the support, the goal support this season. Um, and his record reflects that. He right. has a winning right. Is it six and three, or um, off the top of my head, I can't, I can't quite remember. Um, but he's he's played twelve games. It it looks like, but I don't, I don't have the the stat up right in front of me. But um, yes, I, I know Sorokin playing well bodes well for the team. Um, what have you made of how Lambert has shoveled the lines? A little bit, and you can get it back into the Sezikis because I don't have that note specifically, but you can get back into like Sezikis and fashing and kind of yeah. how things have, have shaken out, and I guess get into uh, Ratu if if you'd like as well. Yeah, like I've never been a a big proponent of shuffling the lines so consistently as it's as it has been, but you know the injuries obviously have taken over at this point. What are they missing? Six six players. Right now, including uh, a goaltender, so um, not much. You well, can do Var- about- Varlamov is back, um, so right, they're Varlamov, just as missing. Of yeah, as of so, yeah, Sh- uh, Schneider back in um, in, in Bridgeport. Bridgeport. So they're just right. missing Pelik, Palmieri, Clutterbuck, Wallstrom, Holmstrom. Um, should definitely talk about Wallstrom as well. We got to make sure that's five. So yes, yeah, Rok- uh, Varlamov was the sixth. Yeah. So and, and that's the thing, right? Like. You can't help the line shuffling, but like I said earlier, they're kind of finding these things out about themselves that they didn't know before that, oh, Hudson Fashing is a player. Casey Zizekas is a winger unleashed, you know, without the defensive responsibilities on the fourth line. Like, look at that snipe he had last night in Vancouver. Um, you know, uh, there's just these these guys stepping in that are rising to the occasion. And, and maybe it's a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to prove that they want to stay and they can stay in the lineup, such as, a you know, speaking to a guy like Fashing. Um, but, you know, the, the shuffling of the lines has just kind of been what they have to do, right? Because, you know, there's there's just too many injuries that are, that are happening right now. Now, you know the, the the crazy thing is the the guys who are stepping in for the injured players are, aside from Matthew Barzell, like the highlights of the team. Aturatu is playing really well, although in a limited role. Um, Hudson Fashion, I've mentioned Casey Zizekis, like these players are are, are playing well. Parker Wotherspoon, Wol- like he's been just a steady good presence on the blue line. You know, oh, um, a pelic a pelic light for sure. Like yeah. Not- Un, unnoticeable in a good way like you know like i said kind of like romanov you don't he throws a big hit every once in a while but by and large he's just kind of quietly doing what the team is asking him to do yeah so it's just like 
it's good. It's a good thing, right? This is this is all good news that they're they're seeing. They have a little bit more depth than they than they realized, which is great. Um, and you wonder, you wonder where this goes now, right? Because we've been asking, what's the fourth line going to look like? You know, is Clutterbuck going to be able to come back and stay in the lineup? Is Casey Zizekas kind of saying, I'm not a fourth liner anymore? And not, not that he doesn't want to be, not that he's saying he's not, but like just through his actions, like is he is he not a fourth liner? And we've kind of always known he's not a fourth liner, but like can he be something? Um, you know, Aturatu, and we could talk about the, his time on ice. Is that is that can we can we do that now? We can. I mean, I I do I think the rest of the lineup, um, and, and just talking about the Yes, Lambert changed the lineup out of necessity, but how they chose to do that is what I think is creative in, in a good way, where they said, we're going to give a guy like Ratu limited minutes on the fourth line, but then, you know, or they, they said, oh, we already have four, four centers, right? That was more of a typical thing. Ah, we have four centers. We can't call them up. There's no room for them. And they kind of bucked that a little bit and said, well, let's stop a second. Like maybe he can help, and that fourth line's already in disarray, so um, we can limit that ice time. Let's get Route Two up here a little bit, um, and let's try Sezikis on the wing. He can. He has wheels. Maybe he can skate next to Peugeot and and uh, Parise, Parise, and that really worked out. And that was yeah, yeah it really worked out for for some time. And um, then more recently, he's playing with Barzell, and again, he has wheels and. Um, playing with a guy like Bailey that, you know, he's still having a, a very up and down season. Um, you really even just game to game uh, shift to shift is, you know, you never know what you're going to get from Bailey, which is a different conversation. But, you know, having a guy like Sezikis up there, um, it takes it's it's interesting because even if Sezikis is playing the wing and I think it's almost irrelevant, um One's a lefty and one's a righty, so which is really good for Barzell, right? He's not been good on the draw this season, but it does allow him to only take faces on the strong side. Zekas is an, a center, um, and he's really good at being a center. So they're getting when they're starting in the offensive zone, they have a better opportunity of winning that battle, winning that faceoff. So they're they're able to own the puck a little bit more um, defensively. It kind of keeps that same, um, keeps those reins on Sezikis a little bit. It's not the same as being on the fourth line, but it definitely loosens up Barzell a lot. And 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 we're, we're, we'll talk about Barzell, but he's he's playing a very different game. I think as a result of players like Sezikis and maybe even right. Fashing playing with him because he's I don't want to say that he's got more room out there, but. He's creating more room for himself. We'll get into that in a second. But yes, I definitely want to talk about uh, Atu Ratu. I cannot look at his name and say that quickly. I'm just going to say it wrong. I think I just need to, <laughs> I need to just write it out incorrectly uh, when we do this so that I just say it out loud. <laughs> there was somebody a couple weeks ago. We just did the same thing. I was like, I can't. Oh, it was Pelic. I was like, I'm just, I'm reading this name. I know how to say it, but I'm gonna read it off the screen, and I'm gonna say Pelage. Yeah, English is hard. Words are words are really hard. It'd be embarrassing if we were. 
uh, you know, we did this as a pretty serious hobby and, you know, road and things, but uh, luckily that's not the case. But anyway, Atu Ratu, what yeah. have you thought about how he's kind of stepped in, you know, limited minutes, you can argue for or against that. Um, what, what have you thought so far? Yeah, so I was looking at his numbers earlier today and, you know, his, his NHL debut, he got 11 minutes and 25 seconds. And then slowly but surely every game since, his numbers have kind of crept down and lower and lower and lower. But, you know, looking at his numbers, like I know he's only scored two goals, but he scored two goals in five games. That's actually really good. Um, but he, he's, you know, creating in these limited sample sizes more opportunities for than he is allowing against. You know, you, you look at the Corsi stats. Um, he's helping create scoring chances more than scoring chances against. His um, expected goals is is pretty high. Again, small sample size, but you know he's he's putting himself in these situations where he's expected to contribute to a goal. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from him, and I and I I wonder, you know, if they're obviously they're easing him in with with the limited uh, um, ice time, but I wonder if there's a sense of like, okay, this kid kind of gets it, and. We don't want to, uh, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know if overstimulate him is the, is the right word and, you know, continue to pump him out there. Maybe they're just like easing him in and um, giving him these these opportunities. But yesterday's game last night, when he, he had the, the, the least amount of ice time he's ever had so far, which was strange to me just because, again, he's shown really good two-way capabilities. He's not a liability in his own end. And he's creating scoring chances the other way. So much so that the Islanders needed a goal yesterday to get going. And he opened the scoring. Really good shot. His pace is fine. It's not great. It's not bad. So what is holding Lambert back from giving him more opportunity? Now, he did say after yesterday's game, it was just a matchup thing. They were rolling certain lines. So he rolled certain lines against them. Maybe it has to do with, but doesn't really make sense to me if this is the case, that his line mates are Matt Martin and Ross Johnston. Um, first of all, phenomenal assist by Ross Johnston on his goal. What the hell was that? Yeah, that was a, a, a rare. I didn't even rare, think about it. Amazing. Yeah, not. I think that's catch it, and release. Right? Catch and I, release. I think by and large, though, why, I, there's a couple things um, about Lambert making this decision. And I don't know that I like uh that these reasons are i think they're right um but i think that's kind of where it is i'd love for him to get an opportunity with barzell right i i you just you want to see that a little bit even i guess if they were having a bad season give it a shot you want to see but um i i think one of the things that holds lambert back as the roster stands right now is that Sazikas is finding success as a winger and as sharing that center role with Barzell, right? Yeah. So you move Ratu up the lineup, you're putting that fourth line back together that I, it wasn't playing poorly this season, but Sezikis is playing so much better in these other roles, it's hard to take him away, right? And then Ratu's actually making the most of his situation um, on that line, two goals, five games, and I think... You know, there's a possibility they send him down before the nine games so that he doesn't use a, a year of his um, entry level. I don't know exactly how that 
works out. So that might not be 100% correct. Hope maybe we can look yeah, at it. Yeah, no. We, um, he, he he's going to use it in the AHL. He, he would yeah, he'd use it. All right. So I mean, yeah, people were saying that, so I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it, but I think as far as Ratu's development, this is different than like Niederreiter playing on the fourth line and Yeah, it is. It's a different team than than that, so that's a huge difference in you know where they were and just you know in 2010 and 11 versus uh, th- this current team, which again they're you know they've won 22 games so far out of 39. That's that's pretty good, despite how they got there. It's you know he's he's finding success. I think if I'm Lambert, you know you're gonna play him and kind of see where the roster goes, see where the injuries end up at the end of the day. Uh, you said overstimulate and, and playing with a guy like Barzell or even just up the lineup. This just gives an opportunity to play a really north-south game. There, there's yeah. no bullshit. You, you go in there, you do what you're you're supposed to do. It's not about how much, you know, as coaches just tell me, because I would be frustrated. I wanted to play. I wanted to play, you know, when you're 11, 12, you know, even – even in high school, you have an iron long. You just like you just want the ice time, right? You just think, oh, if I just had a few more minutes, like I, you know. And it was always, don't do, do you don't don't want more. Do with what you have, and you know, and earn it along the way. Uh, yeah, and that it, was always really really hard for me to to kind of grasp that concept. Yeah, and, and I don't doubt that that's his mentality. He's he's a very humble kid from, you know, what I've seen and what I've read about him. Like he's just. I shouldn't say he's just happy to be there, but he is he's embracing the opportunity and doing making the most of his opportunity, I should say, for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, too, and maybe this is uh, the beginning of our um, Barzell segment here. I, I don't think the Islanders should. And this is what I'm afraid of for them. I, I feel like this happens. I don't think the Islanders should look at what they have in some of this depth and say, oh, Sezikis looks good on Barzell's wing. And this is just, for instance, not saying Oh, oh I know exactly happen. where you're going. A hundred percent agree. This is right. not. Oh, he looks good on. He, he looks good on Barzell's wing. Let's keep it that way. No, th- these are really great moments and I don't want that to be overlooked, but I don't think that this is the norm. And I there are, I could not agree more. Yeah. So, more. And, and there are going to be, a lot of interesting names available going into this trade deadline. A couple of people I've talked to, and I, I know some things about who might be available and everything like that. There is an opportunity here to pounce. And this is this, that wouldn't be atypical of Lamorello in season. In season a hundred percent. I know we like to joke. I know, I know the jokes are out there. Think about it though. The past three out of four seasons, he pounces at the deadline. We wanted Paul Mary. We got Paul Mary. Pajot was an excellent find. Like he he does make it happen. So there will be opportunity to equip who needs to be equipped in this lineup, which is always going to be Matthew Barzell because it has been forever until it's not. So there is opportunity for that. And I'm not saying they have to go out and get Patrick Kane. There is cheaper um options but at the same time at the same time you know there's also they they could swing for the fences if they really wanted to um they're certainly keeping those situations um in their back pocket you know they're they're monitoring everything um 
but they should not make the great moments that they have right now. They shouldn't put it in their minds and say, this is the norm. Cause it's not, these are great moments. That these are not the not, answers. This is not the this answers. Is a, this is a fix that is working right. longer than maybe even it, it should have. Am it I, does open the door for, you know, it wouldn't hurt if, uh, you know, instead of Ross Johnson on that fourth line, it's even Martin, uh, Martin, uh, Ratu, Fashing, keeps yes. Zekas on the third line. Yes. You know, maybe in your, you're sitting, um, I don't know how many, you know, like it's hard to think of these things and not like be waving players and this, and they have guys out and in your reserve. Seems like um, there's not a lot of information on it. So we may as well just like kind of toss it in here. Wallstrom out indefinitely. Um, and that's so that's that's an open right. roster spot, you know, for the sake of this conversation, it really sucks. Right. Um, and I don't I don't like that. I mean, um, Holmstrom can't be sent down until he's better. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter anyway if he's on the IR. So you, you have right now they have two two roster spots open. Um, Palmieri can come back. And. Then they can still play around with with things. Bailey can sit. And just for sake of argument, and, and because I just saw your boss actually, um, in Dave Pagnota, note that one of the Islanders scouts was at uh, the St. Louis Toronto game recently, and that means whatever we want it to mean. Um, but for the sake of argument, a Tarasenko, you know, Tarasenko, Barzell, Palmieri, um, the you know, Lee Nelson. Bavillier, Prize Pejo, Sezikis, Martin, Ratu, Bashing. That's a pretty deep lineup. And there's a lot of energy, right? It's a lot. There's, there's some youth in there. There's some people trying to prove some stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a really good veteran presence. There truly is that kind of that top end. Um, in with, you know, next to Barzell, that might be the best first line in a real long time for the Islanders, maybe since the early 2000s. Which is really saying something. So I don't know if that works out with the cap. I don't know if that, you know, who they have to send down and roster spots and yada, yada, yada. You can kind of like go in uh, uh, a little bit of a rant just on that. But even, yeah, to your point, just adding one player and swinging for the fences, um, I think it would make a huge difference. And Lambert would have a yeah. lot more to play with. Right. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's it's finally time to do that. You know, swing for the fences. There are cheaper options out there too. I'm not going to sit here and say that if they don't swing for the fences, and and again, this is not what I think. It's just a for instance. If they don't get Timo Meyer, they failed. I'm not saying that, right? They can go and get a, um, you know, maybe an Anthony Declare once he's cleared. Uh, he has a clean bill of health, and and you know, Florida wants to sell off a little bit because uh, they're not in in a good way right now. That could be an answer, right? Like. We, we we don't really know. Obviously, Luke keeps things close to the vest, but you know, the 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 main point here was like, look, am I am I the biggest Hudson Fashing fan? Do I want him to be a part of the Islanders lineup every night for the rest of his days here? Yes, I do. Um, but he shouldn't be on the first line, right? You want to be a bottom six winger and, and kill it in that role? Absolutely. But unless you're scoring 35 goals and scoring 75 or more points next to Matthew Barzell, I'm sorry. You're not a first liner. Love you. Want you there. 
in a bottom six role. Oh, he's an Islander through and through. If right. He, he's he's a you know winger version of Cases Ezekis or and whatever version of that. Yeah, I love that. I think it's something the team desperately needed as far as that energy was, right? Just a bubble hockey player, just north and south. He plays his role. And he, you know what? He played really well with Barzell. Yeah. You know, he did, he set up some stuff. He made it, he made it easier for, he makes it easier for the players around him to play their game by just playing very simply. But, um, having right, a so, fourth line plus a couple other players that are able to do that's important. So what they should do now is they should look at what, you know, Barzell has been playing with and how he's been succeeding and say, well, what players are better versions of this guy, right? What player has the same speed as a fashing or cases Ezekis? Um, okay. That's a pretty good puzzle piece because this guy has the same speed as Cases Ezekis or or Hudson Fashing, but he also has scored twenty five or more goals in you know four four seasons, uh, in, in four of his last five seasons. That's a guy I want, you know. And I don't know who that guy is. I don't know what they might be thinking about that, but that in in my opinion. That should be what they're thinking. I don't think they need a defenseman because I think what they have is doing fine. I don't think that they need anything else other than what we've all thought that they need for the longest time. I think it's finally time to get that winger because, again, as well as Matthew Barzell is playing, that revolving door has still not stopped swinging. I mean, that it goes back before Barzell. You know, like it, this has just been, we need a winger for our top center, for our franchise player. That's just been a thing since 2009. And it's, it is, it is finally time. And it's, it's interesting because I think they've played well enough that they deserve it. I think that gets thrown out a lot, you know, like does the team deserve it or, you know, you we the the GM thought the players needed the help and they they're playing really well and this and that like I don't necessarily think Lemerel thinks like that but I guess because we don't know anything it's worth just throwing it out there as far as you know what what may be influencing him um, so there's that aspect to it but it could just push him over the edge and, and put him I don't know if they're a top three Metro team in the regular season anyway but they could definitely take the the first wild card instead of the second. And not yeah. play Boston in the first <laughs> round. I don't think you want to play Carolina either, because um, right. they've really turned it around nine one and zero in their last ten. Um, incredible on the you know at their own rank and away. Um, it would have been way more fun to play New Jersey, um, and and maybe if the Rangers really turn it on, that would be an amazing first round matchup. Um, if the Islanders can get into the first wild card spot, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's adding anybody. I don't know if Jacob Frana, who the Islanders obviously. I need, was just um, going to ask you about that because we're on this topic of like who the Islanders need, what they could add, right? Jacob Frana goes on waivers yesterday, and today he clears, which means thirty-one teams passed up on this guy. So okay, the Islanders did too. But I don't know, man. Like I understand the five point two five cap hit this year and next year there's something to say about the cap they've been accruing um 
you know, I, I believe it's going to be something like $10 million that they could spend um, right now as, as the, the cap has accrued. You know, you figure those things out for next year, too. Uh, the one year left at 5.25, well, they have almost $10 million that's going to be available in the summer. So there's that fix. You know, you you partially, right? You, you cut that in half with the 5.25 million. Um, but cap aside, there's, in terms of goals for per game, not been a better player than Jacob Verana in scoring goals other than Leon Dreisaitl in like the past three seasons. The ice time has been, the ice time has been low, but the goals for per game have been ridiculous. Like Chris, Chris Johnston tweeted this out earlier today. This is Jake. Are you sure? Thinking about the right player, Jacob Verana goals per 60, um, oh, I'm sorry, not even not not uh, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. It was uh, Austin Matthews. Nobody's been better than uh, Jacob Vrana except for Austin Matthews. I'm and looking I'm at goal pull. totals right now. He is he's not even scored a hundred NHL goals. No, but he because he has had a little bit of injury problems, and then he he didn't have injury problems this year, but he had that. You know, and he had to go into the player assistance program, and and there was that. But goals per sixty, look look at look at the company he's in: Austin Matthews, then it's Jacob Vrana, Alex Ovechkin, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Kirill Kaprizov, Max Pacioretty, Nikita Kucherov, Kyle Connor. Like he's amongst some of the best shooters in the league. It's a high risk, high reward situation, but I mean the Islanders don't have any wingers that would be half as good as Jacob Vrana. I understand the concerns, but it's a high risk, high reward situation where you don't have to give anything up except cap space. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, I'm not worried about the player assistant program no. side of things as much as I am the in just general, the injuries. No, it would be interesting. I, I think if you're the Islanders and you're really trying to swing for the fences, is that your swing for the fences? That's a risk. That's different than making a real bold move. That's like a different kind of bold move, right? You're in the beginning of the season. If this was October, not even October, because that's super late. It just that that month hardly means anything. If it was right before or after Thanksgiving and he went on waivers, sure. Even if they let him go through and then Detroit made a trade to, to keep some cap hit for the next couple of seasons. I I think you'd do it, right? Let's give the team a spark. Let's 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 give it a shot. I think it's worth it. There's a lot of time to figure things out. You make that waiver claim, any deal you were gonna make at the deadlines off the table. Well, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to, but like I don't know. What did Is I say to the you move a couple weeks ago? Make? What do I, well, what did I say to you a couple of, Yes, you're going to make the move for a goal scorer, and that's what Jacob Vrana is. What did I say a couple of weeks ago where it takes 20 or more games for a player to get acclimated to their lineup? I, I'm thinking about this the other day. I'm like, why are, why are teams waiting until three weeks before the season's over to acquire these players? It takes so much longer than 
the games that they're there for at the end of the season to get acclimated to a lineup. Like, it didn't super work out for Claude Giroux and the Panthers, and now he's not even with the team anymore, right? Do it in December. Do it in January when they well, have the time. Issue. I get it. You know, like, but, you know, but, what accrues by then. The honest should have, like, around $7 million. I think that's what Cat Friendly is saying. That has to do, I think, with a lot of players on injured reserve. Right. But So if they, if they have, like, $7 million right now, they have the room. And that's my point. I'm not saying they don't have the room for that. I think if again, is that the bold move and the right type of bold move that you want to make? I, I think there's a perfectly I mean, good argument. And I think in the past, I I joked with you, I think, right when you had sent it to me. That I was like, this feels like a real Garth Snow move. Like, oh the no, big acquisition like was some like a waiver thing. And I, I know, but I like I think you're making a good argument for him. I don't I it just doesn't like you're showing me very good evidence right <laughs> and I, right and I can't I honestly have no argument other than it doesn't feel right that doesn't feel like the guy that is going to do it and that is very old of me and not very <laughs> nerd brain of you know whatever um but you, you can you could show me the numbers all I'm going to look at is goal totals. Can he do it over a sustained period of time? I don't know. And I think that might be just as valid. Can he do hit. it for for the like the the 35 games the rest of the season? I don't know. He hasn't he's only played I mean in 2020, 21 he played 39 games. I mean and and here's the thing. You know, he goes to the player assistance program and he dealt with a bunch of injuries before that. Do does one have to do with the other? Now that he's out of the program and he's he's on to the next phase of, you know, easing back into his life, does the the health does does the the his wellness um, affect his physical health? Is he now going to be more durable on the ice? Right. The, these are are possibly factors and. You know, maybe, maybe there's a reason he went unclaimed. Maybe you know, we, they all they all know something that we don't. Maybe it was just the cap hit, and that's why nobody claimed him. But man, we're all gonna hate it when we're saying to ourselves next year, I don't know, Pittsburgh's getting old. Like, I'm not sure if they can do it. And then, oh, they traded for Jacob Brana for half the cap hit, and oh, he scores 35 goals next to Sidney Crosby, and oh, <laughs> Penguins are in first place again, and oh, they're in the they're in the conference finals. Like, we're all gonna hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no that's uh, that's a perfectly good scenario and just a quick correction he played 50 games in 2020 okay um and then because he got traded uh the anthony mantha trade or as uh you can't do that calls him anthony manthony and i can't get that out of my head <laughs> um god, i love that podcast it's so good but yeah i mean it, he's he played 26 games last season. He's played two games this season. He's got two points. He's got a goal and assist in two games. Um, yeah, the, the numbers all look good. His, his shooting percentage is really good, even if some of it's bloated um, in some years. In that 50 games, yeah, he shot 20%. But he it's like he, not irregular for him to shoot that high, right? Like, Yeah, he took 100 shots. He scored 19. Like, that's kind <laughs> of – that's incredible. He was I, neck and, and neck. He was neck and neck 
with Leon Dreisettle in their draft year for the best player coming out of out of uh, that that uh, that draft, that class. One of the best players to come out of that draft, and 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 like, you know, he's had a bit of a a winding road, but I feel like, you know, with the 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 point that he's at now with himself coming out of the the, the program and you know phasing back in, and I was reading something when he you know got back to Detroit and he was practicing with the Red Wings. He's like, I feel really good. I'm I'm just really excited to get back to you know playing hockey and, and being with the boys again. And I don't know, it's like it, it just felt like one of those Robin Laner moments for me where I was like, this could this could happen. That Penguin scenario is too funny, though. That is precisely <laughs> what's going to happen. That's going to happen. Like, gonna the thing suck. is, if if you were going to trade for him at half the cap hit, I think you do that. I think it's fine. Sure. Um, at five, that's a huge risk. Just in I general. Get it. I get it. Um, if the difference is... You have to clear. You have to find two million dollars because the, the player you want to trade for is a seven million dollar player. I, if that deal is in place, you figure out how to do that. You waive Josh Bailey. Like I, I don't even. I don't even care. Like you just you figure it out. For Verana, I don't know that you're like going through hell and high water to make that work. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, when when he scores 35 goals and he lifts the cup in next season with the Penguins, you know, we're gonna be super pissed. But yeah, I know it, it's it's interesting. It, again, you make a very good argument. I'm gonna sit here and go. Meh. Which argument was better, the Penguin scenario or the all the statistics? Oh, both. I 100 believe that's <laughs> going to happen. I'm just, I'm just wondering which one was stronger. I don't know. Uh, you know, DraftKings are a sponsor. I don't know if there's a prop bet for that. Um, I wish we, if we had a better relationship with them. We could put that in there. But um, yeah, over under how many months it, until the Penguins uh, acquire him, and then uh, how many goals he's going to score next season? Next, yeah. next to Sidney Crosby. That just was like Chef's kiss. Like, uh, uh, yeah, obviously. Like that's that's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, speaking of Barzell, kind of tangentially, but speaking about Barzell. Um, he's been delivering lately, so I'm gonna yes, let you. I'm gonna let you rub my face in it. But <laughs> well, but, well, why don't you tell the public what you tweet uh, t- tweeted, texted me, 30 seconds before his four game goal streak started? Go ahead, tell me what you said. <laughs> well, I, again, I was gonna preface all this with saying I was critical of him because he was not playing a north south game. Mm-hmm. And if it's anything that we saw, um, I think it was on that Sezikis goal. Dish it to the like he had two assists against oh Vancouver. God. On one of the goals, he does cut at the blue line. However, he's using his just straightaway speed to back the defenders up. Now, yep. Vancouver's defenders are terrible, be that as it may. He uses his speed to get them to misread where he's going to go and they don't have good gap control right so they misjudge that on barzell then he's he gives himself room to make that cut backs the defenders up is able to make that pass and 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 there's a goal um he comes down the slot he scores his own goal it's just straight away hockey 
The yep. pucks to the outside to Sezikis. It goes back to the middle. That is what I wanted Barzell to do. I didn't think he was not capable of it. I'm still going to let you rub my face in it. But I didn't think he was not capable of it so much as he simply was not doing it. Now he's doing it, and he's tripled the amount of goals he scored. He scored three goals up until two weeks ago, and now he's got ten. So he scored six goals in a matter of, is he had a goal a game the last two weeks? Maybe a little less than that. Yeah. Like, yes, he should be doing that. I think that the expectations are for him to do that. But he needed to just play north-south. A little bit more, and, and that's exactly what we're seeing. He's he's forcing the the defenders back a little bit, and that he thinks that curling around these Gretzky curls and at the blue line, these dopey little things are what's going to create that separation, and or that he can separate himself purely on speed um, to get away from them instead of keeping the defenders honest. It was too easy to read what he was going to do, and that was not push the pace. Now that he's doing that, defenders have to they they have to stay honest. They get like, well, I'm not gonna keep up with them. I have to give him a little more room in case he tries to blow by me on the outside, and that's giving him more room to actually operate. So you're seeing a lot more success from him in the way that he actually wants to play by developing those plays a little bit differently. Yeah, so, go ahead and rub my face in it. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things where you know you you. We, we say all the time, elite players put the teams on their back and they go out and they win a game that they should win or that they need to win. And that's what happened last night in Vancouver. He, you know, three points and, you know, a little there's a little bit of storyline there, right? He goes back to the to the area where he, he lived in and everything like that. So, you know, you expect a little bit more pep in his step. But it, again, he was just he was so good in that game last night. He took it over. He was the best player on the ice. And. You know, scored the goal. The assist, though, was just really what what I I looked at and was like, oh my goodness! Like that's that's the Matthew Barzell we all know that can take over a game. Needs to do that a little bit more than he does, but we know he has it, right? Um, now you had said to me, you had texted me that he wasn't elite. Oh, okay, that's, that's what I said. I just I go ahead. I'll I push back. Afterwards. I pushed back on it and Did I you said, pull up the receipts. Jesus. I no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I just remember what you said. Um, but that's what you said to me that he wasn't elite. And I pushed back on it. I'm like, listen, like this is the same old song and dance. I understand the frustrations and in some of the opportunities he passes up on, but I, I have yet to see him be properly equipped on, um, minus, minus the year that he was playing with Tavares. And, he wasn't the sole focus, right? There's something to say about players putting teams on their back and, and, and carrying them. Absolutely. But when other teams know that you're the only guy, they're just going to lock you down. And there's you know, something not- to be said for that. I, I, I thought it was just a lot of elementary mistakes. Well, and, and the thing and, is, and that was, and I understand giveaways. I even defended him a little bit in saying that the best players in the league give the, the puck away the most because the most, they have the correct. have the puck the most to give it away uh, a little bit of a cycle but um the way that he was doing it what it was leading to it just looked like it just looked like bullshit and you see him elevate the players around him 
a lot and have success. Right. It's it, he's in his own head trying to do too much. I understand having the pressure and other teams' defenses or or have a target on your back, and I can you, I can hear that argument. I, I I understand, but now you're seeing what how he's just playing slightly different. No, and, and, and right. I, that was my point. If he can't adapt his game, he's not elite. He did. And I, okay, and I, I hear I, you. I, I can retract it. I think the thing for me is that because, you know, again, he's he's been so unequipped for so long that he's trying to do too much now. And and it's to a fault, of course, but he's trying to compensate because he's like, I, I, these guys, you know, I, I gain the zone. I turn around and, oh, I'm alone. You know, I, 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 I make this beautiful pass and, oh, this guy's stick wasn't down. He wasn't reading me, right? It's just this is this is the the song and dance it's been, and then you know he gets put on um, a line with a Hudson Fashing who you know he he's not an elite player, but he has the speed to keep up, and maybe maybe his instincts in that moment were a little bit better um, than than a previous play, right? And you're starting to see like, oh, okay, when somebody can anticipate what he's going to do, the hockey IQ is there. In that moment, you can see the results, right? So, and again, like you know, going back to earlier, these are great moments. These aren't the fix, but in 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 my mind, it still remains until he's equipped with a guy like, you know, a a, um, a, a thirty goal scorer, perennial thirty goal scorer who who plays that high of a level. I can't sit here and say that he's not an elite player because, again, I look at you know, and and I made this point. You said good teams or, or good good players carry their teams. I said that that's not necessarily the case. Look at the Colorado Avalanche right now. They're kind of suffering without they had at the time no Nathan McKinnon and and Gabe Landeskog was out and you know, they're a wild card team right now. So you know elite players still need to be equipped, right? He's not I don't I don't disagree I'm, with that. I'm not gonna I say understand. he's Connor McDavid. He's not Connor McDavid who could do it by himself, right? That's generational. That's one that's one class of player with one guy in it. But Matthew Barzell is is an elite, elite forward who just needs the proper players to su- the proper supporting cast. I definitely understand. I don't regret saying it because I was very frustrated at the time but he's got to keep this up with or without help frankly good he just has to figure it out I don't know it's been long enough where he wasn't doing it like you have to adapt I think I've said that all season if he's truly elite he has to adapt and he and he's playing well again with with players maybe to your point that can keep up physically the mental part will come. Be ready with your stick down. That's pretty much all of that direction you need to play with Matthew, Matthew Barzell. Um, and just keep your feet moving. Like, I, I there, there can't be an easier playbook to, to play with somebody than that. Um, <laughs> hopefully, he can maintain that. And I don't disagree, he needs help. But you have to question whether or not it's going to come, whether that's internally or. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's. You have to hope that it's through a trade. Um, yeah, I, I agree is, with you. With, with, 
leads us to a kind of our last point here. Um, although we do want to, we, we mentioned Parker Witherspoon, so we don't have to kind of dive into that again and, and how he's kind of played very, very well in Pelic's absence and surprisingly scored his first point the other night, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, in, in, uh, in Vancouver where he, yes. he grew up in the area. Very cool. Um, you know, you had made a comment earlier in the season to the effect that maybe Barzell should be playing the wing in general a little bit more, if not permanently. Now, you had said this uh, with the idea that Lee Nelson and Barzell might be good together and that you're bringing in another center. Um, but it, it seems that with the way that the lineup's kind of going and players are moving around a little bit, Barzell splitting center duties with um with Sezikis, um is it possible that this has now broadened Lamorell's horizons a little bit where he might not just be looking for a scoring winger if if a, a scoring center which would be a little bit more expensive but if a scoring center is available um he may have I don't want to say doubled but raised the amount of players now the the, the literal number of players that he could be looking for if he's looking for that scoring center in addition to a scoring winger. Well, and there is a scoring center available, right? Bo Horvat. Uh, it's a drum I've been banging on for a little while now, too. So, look, it, it, both both situations are fine. Whether you transition Barzell to the wing to play with Nelson or you bring in a winger to play on uh, Barzell's wing. Or a they, center they, to play on to, to center Barzell, or, which, you is, know, my, which that, is my okay. point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You're like... You're not just looking for that in that for that one instance where he's playing with Nelson and Lee, which I think would also work. But maybe a player like Horvat would play really well with, um, right, with Barzell if he's a a lefty. I don't know if he's a lefty or not. Um, and Barzell's a righty. They can split, you know, strong side faceoffs. But uh, defensive responsibilities, Barzell's a winger. I, th- I think that really works. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're right. So and and that could absolutely be a possibility. Um I I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the mentality. I really liked what I saw. I, I think to maximize Nelson and Lee, it worked really well with Barzell there too. Uh, but they're but playing you, so well just on their own. Like they are. Even they are. Villiers kind of picked it up. Uh Lee had a great turnaround goal the other night. Um Nelson some scary incidences with him lately and he's kind of bounced back which is great but um in general that line's been pretty steady yeah it, it and you know i've said this before i said you know bavillier has a little bit of barzell in him he just needs to you know do it consistently i'm not saying he's as good but he has that um that skill set right i just i just feel you know, Barzell is the obvious upgrade to that line and, and could make them have an actual first line that's, you know, a scoring threat and, and a, a chance to – you have a chance to score every time they're on the ice. Um, but I, I also don't hate the idea of, you know, maybe a center coming in. I, I think it's the most likely that if anybody were to come in, though, that it is a wing. I think that they, they want to keep their center core the way it is. You know they have Ratu coming through the pipeline, so it's like it just gets it just gets deeper here. And 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 again, I think you know his short stint has shown okay, maybe this kid's a little bit more ready than we realized. 
And I'm not saying that he's going to be a part of the lineup um, or a staple in the lineup all season for the rest of this season, but like sooner rather than later, I think. So I don't know if a center makes complete sense. I understand transitioning Barzell to the wing, but I feel like they want, they still want him to be the, the number one center. Eventually Roth, who's going to come up, maybe Nelson becomes your three C at some point, which is pretty damn good. You figure out what to do with Pajo. You figure out what to do with uh, Sezikis. And hey, maybe those guys become wingers because we've seen the damage they can do on the wing. Well, Peugeot, that could be a future fourth line. Peugeot, Sezikis, fashing. Correct. Is, is a fourth line or, or something like that. I think we're thinking Correct. a little far ahead. but Definitely a little far ahead. There's just This has to do a, lot, a little bit of, of everything that we've talked about tonight. They've learned a little bit about themselves and some of the versatility and the depth that, they've have, that they have. Um, they're also learning that they're maybe able to score, um, a, a little bit more than they realized because a guy like Barzell shooting a little bit more, but they also know that they need to equip him a little bit better. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of things happening. It, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, there was a couple weeks ago, we were sitting here and we were saying same old Islanders, they can't score and, and, you know, can't provide the scoring depth for, for Ilya Sorokin. Um, he's playing really well, but they're not scoring. And now suddenly they're, you know, scoring more than we, than we realized. Um, but again, that, that superstar just puts them over the top next to Barzell, right? They have one superstar, they need two. And I think that puts them over the, over that little hill that they've been on for years. Um, and and that, I think that's just, that's all they need. I think that's all they need. I think that's a good place to end the show. Hopefully, something can happen one way or another. I I, I agree. I we're frankly, approaching, I, we're approaching that ahead. season. Post Christmas trade deadline is in less than two months now. the The talks are going to start to to ramp up. We saw Joe Pavelski sign an extension the other day. Like things are starting to happen. So it's that season. We're going to start talking about it a little bit more. And you know, obviously, like like I said earlier, Luke keeps things close to the vest, but. You know, maybe we'll learn a little bit about uh, the Islanders over the next couple of weeks or, or months because, you know, Oliver Walsh from out indefinitely. That's tough. Cal yeah, Clutterbuck I, I, can't stay healthy. That's tough. It's a little less tough. It's can Palmieri come back and and make an impact? Um, does Bailey sit? in his place how does that work i'm i'm curious actually how it shakes out when players come back because i do yeah. want Raju to stay in the lineup i do want hudson fashion to stay in the lineup and when clutterbuck's healthy i think he should sit i think and johnson should sit as well for fashing um then it's just a matter of finding a place for um palmieri and Sizika's back on that third line is fine and put Palmieri, you know, Bailey, Barzell, Palmieri, second line, third line, fourth line, keep, keep it the same. Um, but, you know, aside from fashion Johnson change it, but keep Ratsu there. I, I think that's a better lineup like that, frankly. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, you make moves as, as necessary. They have the two roster spots, to bring back Palmieri and Clutterbuck without having to do anything. When Pellick comes back, um, Salo might be the odd man out. And I think he doesn't need waivers. So he's going to be the one that's back in, in the A. 
Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure um, when Pellick is coming back. Obviously, we don't know a whole lot. Certainly nothing on this trip, but they spend the majority of time, as I said, at home in January, so it's possible that he comes back um, or maybe we learn a little bit more about whether he's skating or not or what what the deal is. Um, Holmstrom, as soon as he's better, if there's no roster spot, they'll they'll send him back to Bridgeport to kind of get his feet back under him. And um, he played well, but um, Fashing and Rachu are also playing well, so it's, it's it's hard to justify having all three of those players there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm curious if they keep the creativeness, and they have the lightning in a the bottle. They've kind of proven to themselves that they can mess with things a little bit, and I don't want them to go back to the status quo. That, frankly, was not working. That, frankly, was not able to be consistent. They are still struggling with that now, but at least it's better. They're at least getting some better results now, and they're they're covering up some of those mistakes. So, yeah. yes, it is becoming uh, part one of Silly Season uh, on the on the trade front, not free agents, but on the trade front, and it will definitely be interesting uh, if they can put themselves. It'll be an important few weeks. I think you, that you just said that it'll be an important few weeks, if not the entire month for the Islanders to see how if because if, if they fall off in the next couple of weeks, right? I don't know if Lamarell is going to make a move to get them back into the race. They have to be in the thick of it or better for them to improve the roster so this is this is a really important stretch here for the islanders and it really it starts on the road where they've struggled um it'd be great to come home with a couple couple more wins yep absolutely um that wraps it up please rate review subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show you can follow us on twitter instagram and youtube at nasman hockey you can find james work at the fourth period sift through all that devil's junk <laughs> and get to the Islander stuff uh, with the fourth period. You can find my work at the Hockey Writers. Please subscribe to Isles Fix, daily curated newsletter right in your inbox every single day. Um, it is free. Not anymore. It's it's, it's a paid it's, it's a paid subscription now. Paid subscription now. Uh, it was it was excellent while while it lasted uh, free, but it's definitely worth. The, the couple of bucks they're asking per month to support these guys in, uh, in putting this thing together every night. As a former writer for that, it's hard. Um, and being compensated even a little bit uh, makes a huge difference. Um, so definitely give them the support to continue to do that. Uh, James, bring us home. Until next time, all, let's go Islanders. <laughs>